The Civic Circle is a youth-led podcast by the Bucks County Beacon tackling politics and policy from a Gen Z lens. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Mallory. And I'm Alexandra. And we're all students from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, chatting about activism, advocacy, and all the political happenings affecting our generation today. We're focusing on PA politics and want to serve as a call to action for all young people to get involved in the civic process and demand change. Welcome back to the second episode of The Civic Circle. A few weeks ago, we recapped a summer of extreme weather, and now we are ready to dive into the mess that is school board drama in Bucks County. Yikes. Definitely yikes. Um, With me being a Council Rock alum and Sarah and Alexandra being from Central Bucks, we're mostly going to be go over, going over what's going on in these districts. We want to acknowledge that while we definitely see a pattern of partisan wars emerging across Bucks County and greater Pennsylvania, we want to focus this episode primarily on our experiences growing up in these districts and also the incredible candidates running to replace extremist candidates on the boards. Yeah, with municipal elections coming up on Tuesday, November 7th, let this episode serve as a reminder for you to make sure that you're registered to vote, that you've requested your absentee ballot if you won't be in the district for election day, and you're aware of the candidates running for local office in your region. Yeah, with that, let's provide a bit of context for the two school districts that we'll be covering in today's episode. Central Buck School District, which we'll henceforth refer to as CP and Council Rock School District, which we'll call CR. For geographic purposes, um, if you don't live in the district, they are basically right next to each other. So CB kind of serves the middle of Bucks County, the Warrington, Doylestown, Buckingham area, and CR is more concentrated around Newtown, which is a little bit south. Um, I would say like middle south of Bucks County. And demographically, they're both extremely white. And Bucks County itself is not really racially diverse at all. Um, I think almost all the schools in CB and CR are at least 80% white. I know one high school in my district used to be almost 90%. And Bucks is also a pretty well-educated, well-off suburb of Philly. I'd say most people are kind of like middle class, if not higher, and almost everyone ends up pursuing higher education after high school. I think the graduation rate at my high school was 98% and like 92% of those people went to college. That is at least what I saw in CB. Not sure about you and Council Rock, Mallory. Um, I saw pretty much the same. I think the levels of wealth in CR may be like slightly more diverse than those in CB, but kids are still well off enough to receive a proper K through 12 education and a good college one too. Um, there's also emphasis on success in CR, but seeing as most kids already have parents with time consuming and well-paying jobs, the environment of the entire district kind of follows that same ideology of, you know, going to college, getting a well-paying job and starting a family. Mallory, could you tell us maybe a bit about like your experience in Council Rock or maybe first, could you expand a little bit on the school board drama that's been happening there? Of course. So I graduated last year in 2023. Um, I went to school in CR since I was in the first grade. And there are many things that I could say about the school board over the past 12 years. But in regards to what they've been doing as of late, um, they've kind of been all over the place. I feel like there have not been many large events, more small happenings that made me look at the board in a different way. Yeah, that's, wasn't there, like, a member who made some weird comments this year? Yeah, um, Ed, I could, I feel like I'm always saying his last name wrong, but I think it's pronounced Salomon. Hope I say that right, although I've known him for a couple of years, I probably shouldn't know how to say that, um, but he made some offhanded comments about girls. I know the Bucks County Herald reported on it. They said, um, and I quote, during a long discussion at the education community meeting on how to improve state assessment scores in math and other subjects, 
how to get female students more interested in STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics, careers, and other topics. Salomon said at one point in his quote, statistically, we say that the ladies have a harder time with math, end quote, and added a few seconds later, you don't like math. That's from the Bucks County Herald. Wow, that is genuinely very disturbing. Like the fact that our elected officials are able to say things that are so blatantly like untrue and not receive like actual discipline for it. Like I know he quote unquote apologized, but not receiving actual discipline. It it's just reprehensible at this point. And knowing that some of our community members voted for him and other people like him are genuine. It's genuinely just like really scary. Yeah, that is so weird. And I think the lack of repercussions or like serious like action taken after that is really strange. That does not sit right with me at all. <laughs> no, me too. Exactly. And another moment, remember she's like an event that displayed a lack of care for the district, similar to what happened before, was when um, Kristen Marcel gave a proceed to devote her time to being a state representative. I mean, I feel like that entire series of events made me think she did not come on the board to create change or to truly support Council Rock, and it was likely a stepping stone, and that behavior is sadly common in politics. Wow, that that's just so unfortunate. It's sad that it feels like quite a few members on your school board did not actually care about the district that they serve, but... Um, that same behavior is definitely not lost on us in CB. Like, as more and more time goes on, I swear, it feels like we're stuck in some kind of bad sketch. Like, every meeting, people are approaching the board and literally pouring their hearts out at the podium. Um, you know, literally heart, um, you know, breaking stories that are being told. And the board just, like, kind of blankly stares at them, which I know is normal procedure, but still, it feels crazy. And things that, that happen at meetings at this point um, are they just feel fake, like adults berating student speakers, um, board members arguing with each other during the meeting, somebody allegedly bringing a gun into the meeting at one point, um, people during public comment accusing a board member of sharing an inappropriate meme of them in a group chat, people during public comment just going on incomprehensible rambles about completely random issues, like the list goes on and on. And I feel bad making light of it and laughing at it, but it genuinely is so insane that it's hard not to at this point. No, I think your feelings are valid. I mean, I've seen the clips and I can see why you would think that. But um, Alexandra, since you're still going to high school in CB, can you give us a little recap on everything that's been happening over there or before I share my personal lived experience in Council Rock? Sure, yeah. So for some context, controversy first struck Central Bucks over two years ago now. Um, I think it all started with parents having problems with COVID procedures in the district, and then it quickly snowballed from there, leading to like a longer, a larger conversation about parental rights and the things that children are being taught in schools. We've since experienced the introduction, as we know, of policy 109.2 and 321, two extremely restrictive policies that disproportionately affect marginalized youth. Yeah, so for some context, um, policy 109.2 essentially bans any book with perceived sexual content, which basically allows any community member to lodge complaints against any book in a district library. So if one parent has, for instance, reads a book that maybe has like even one page of what they determine to be sexual content, they can file a complaint that gets this book removed for every single child across the district, not just their child, which is really crazy. And policy 321 prohibits all flags and 
basically symbols of inclusion in the classroom, which bans teachers from flying a pride flag in their classroom if they want to. Um, and in the past few months, there's kind of been more talk about possible policies that would harm trans student athletes. Some other recent topics surrounding the school board include the superintendent's salary increase and a new district map. So um, in July, actually, the board approved a new five-year contract for the superintendent with a base salary of 315000 a year, which is a 40% increase he made from last year. Okay, maybe it's just me, but I find it crazy for anyone leading a school board in such chaos and disarray to get a salary increase, let alone one so large. No, I completely agree with that. It's crazy. Most recently, um, the board voted to retain a new nine district map that is supposed to represent the information from the 2020 census. And the vote was six to three um, at the meeting in which the decision was made. Dr. Delangelo, who's one of the board members, one of the minority board members, um, she voted no. And she claimed that the map favored Republicans in every region and would obviously produce a Republican majority board, which is not what we need in Bucks County. Um, you know, we need an equal board. But it is safe to say that there has not been a dull moment in CBSD for a very long time. And in truth, these new policies are devastating. Like, I can't help but just feel so sad for the young CB students who will be dealing with this throughout the majority of their academic careers in the district. Yeah, the CB stuff has already been, like, pretty aired out on national news. Like, it's it's been really bad. And for good reason, because a lot of it um, is really horrifying and awful, and it really breaks my heart that it's just gotten worse in the two years since that I've graduated, because I already thought it was pretty bad when I was in the district. Um, when I started going to school board meetings, it was probably my junior year of high school. Um, that was, like, the only reason that I really started going was that was when I had gotten my driver's license, and I was finally kind of, like, able to actually attend these meetings and every time I went it was kind of just me and my best friend and maybe like three other students and I felt very like isolated almost because there just weren't a lot of other young people there advocating for themselves I feel like a lot of students in the district don't really understand what's going on with the school board and when I started going to the school board originally it was more so to advocate for Firstly, more diversity in learning. So something that I was really passionate about was like lack of diverse curriculum. Um, for instance, I felt that all the required reading that we had to do in English classes was very disproportionately white. And any books that we read about people of color was focused on the struggles of people of color instead of celebrating um, their accomplishments. And that was really frustrating to me. So I was going to board meetings for that and then I was also advocating for like mental health policies and then um, one of our friends was advocating for Diwali to be taken off as a holiday in the school calendar. So at that time it was I think starting to get tense because that was kind of when like the Moms for Liberty mob was like starting to like infiltrate but this was before 2021 right so like before the disastrous elections that got us the people that we have on the board now um I think it was I definitely felt like attacked at points um by parents but I felt like there were still board members that cared about me and my experiences and were genuinely trying to make the district a better place for students but in the past years when I've gone back over the summer 
I feel like it's almost pointless to be talking. Um, yeah, <laughs> Alexandra, what was your first school board experience like? So my first school board experience um, was kind of weird. I had recently transferred into Central Box from Catholic School um, when all the book banning stuff started coming up at board meetings. And um, first of all, like transferring from Catholic school was definitely like a big change. I expected, you know, like a more diverse and accepting environment in public school, but I actually kind of found it to be um, more like bigoted and divisive than Catholic school, which was definitely a shock to me. But I first learned about like the school board stuff while in um, Young Progressives Club, I think, um, during a meeting they were talking about it and I just kind of got interested in it and they were encouraging students to go speak at the next board meeting. So um, that's what I did. I wrote a speech. Both my parents came with me and I went, I spoke. It was nice. Like people were supportive and, you know, I got like a, a round of applause, which is nice to know that people felt the same way as me. Um, but as I was walking back to my seat, actually an old man who was sitting next to my mom just like started like yelling at me and berating me. Um, and he was basically saying like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you're a child. Like, I don't know why you're saying this. You don't understand. And my mom was like, sir, like she was not speaking while you were speaking. Can you please like stop now? And he just kept on going and going. And it took my dad to like lean over and just like shoot a death stare at him for him to like stop, which was, you know, definitely an interesting experience. But um, since then, it's definitely been kind of tiring and devastating trying to advocate for students while um, constantly losing. Yeah, it's definitely like an experience. And I think it might help to give like some context of my personal experiences um, in Central Books as well. So I'm Asian American, both of my parents are immigrants, and they chose to specifically move to Bucks County because of the quality of education that CB offers. Um, that was the primary reason that they chose to settle um, where they did. And I remember in elementary school just feeling very isolated as an Asian American student. Not to say that there weren't like other like Asian American students because there were and I don't I haven't really talked a lot to my like elementary school friends about this. Um, but I just remember feeling very kind of I just felt different. Like I felt like people were categorizing me into a different space um because of my race and identity and elementary school kids are really mean <laughs> and I remember like I don't there were never people that were really like full-out racist but there were definitely times where I would bring like cultural food to lunch and people would be like oh you why are you eating that or like that smells like really disgusting like what is that and that was very isolating like I literally started buying Lunchables because people would make fun of me for eating seaweed um at lunch and it was just so divisive almost but so unaddressed and I think honestly kind of in like the 2000s like early 2010s a lot of people weren't really talking about um race and racism and it was just very at that time, people didn't really challenge those things. Like, this was when we were still celebrating, like, Christopher Columbus Day. This is when we were, like, in elementary school, we were making, like, indigenous headdresses. It was just a really weird time, and people were very culturally insensitive. Um, 
I think it obviously got better like towards the later end of middle school and high school um, when people became a little bit more socially aware (laughs) but I definitely remember elementary school being pretty intolerant and just I felt like a lot of teachers had um, a lack of awareness of that situation and also it might be worth noting that I have not had a I had not had a single teacher of color um, throughout my entire time at Central Bucks every teacher I had was white and that definitely made it difficult to advocate for myself sometimes when I felt like there was something that needed calling out. Um, I had like a similar experience. I mean, I moved to Pennsylvania from New Jersey, like the Ewing Trenton area, where my school was basically all black. Um, for context, both my parents are immigrants from Haiti. So coming to Bucks County to Council Rock, I don't think I met like a single black in my grade until I got to seventh grade. So it was a very weird experience. Like when something would happen to me, I never knew who to speak to. I could speak to my parents or something happened in a larger space. I would speak to the principal, to teachers. But again, I think the only time I ever really spoke to somebody in higher authority about an instance of racism and actually listened was when I had my first grade principal have a chat with me when a kid made a racist comment. But I genuinely think since then, up until 12th grade, I didn't really have anyone to speak to and have like an actual reaction to it someone who actually would speak to the kid who said it um and there was always like the little things you know when we would learn about slavery of course because school curriculum they don't teach you about anything happy in black history so we're always learning about slavery and i'm sure every black kid who went to like a white school can experience a thing where if you're talking like i'm okay then the entire room turns around and looks at you it's like it's a very weird experience to grow up in i can laugh about it now but being like a nine-year-old and having the entire classroom turn around and stare at you not saying anything by the way no. just look at you that's so real and just like you saying that reminded me of actually one time when I was in my AP U.S. history class this was like 11th grade we were talking about the nuclear bombs in Japan and everyone turned around to ask me my opinion and I'm not Japanese exactly that's another thing that gets me because both my parents are immigrants from Haiti so like my entire like lineage basically still stays in Haiti so it's like of course I am black and the effects of slavery can still affect me now but it's like are you about to ask me if like my grandma was a slave or something like I don't know what is happening here like, I don't know why you're staring at me it was crazy that the teacher would see this happening too because it's like over a couple of years because you know every single year we learn the same exact thing about slavery and same exact political figures so I'm just like what's happening what are we learning and why are why isn't the teacher saying anything I don't know it was and again that didn't end ever like I genuinely think I graduated high school and still did not get like a good framing of black history like, I had to learn it all by myself especially the black lives matter movement it was like me separating myself from the education I was learning because I think at that point I was learning AP U.S. history so of course the way AP U.S. history is framed um not exactly what I was looking for in terms of education but uh to look at it on a district-wide level one of the things that really got to me was the principals um I remember an instance when I was in middle school and I was crowded around a group of like maybe 10 like tall white boys who were like saying the n-word to me and it was a very weird bad experience and there was a teacher standing off to like the left watching the entire thing go down didn't say anything walked away my mom spoke to the principal the next day and he said he didn't want to punish the kids because he didn't want them to not be friends with me and my thing is like if kids are crowding around me calling me the n-word I don't think they really want to be besties like I'm being real right now I don't think that's what they're looking for and looking back on LA I really think I should have went harder towards that principal I don't remember his name he's just an angry spot in my mind I don't think about him anymore but it was things like that that got to me. It was like the lack of, I guess, not appreciation, but lack of care for students of color. Lack of really compassion me. culture. Exactly. 
And it was like that doubling down on the way they would perceive Black people in District 2. Like when they banned do-rags and bandanas saying that it looked like gang affiliation. I don't know why a Black boy protecting his natural hair looks like gang affiliation, um, but to them it did. And I think another thing that also in Council Rock a lot was bullying. They're the type of district who would say that, you know, we care about bullying. We don't want anybody to get hurt. But it's like, again, entire group of guys stood around me, threw slurs at me, and the principal didn't care. So things like that also pissed me off because it's like, don't say you care and then don't do anything. But I think it's kind of common amongst like Bucks County schools. That is crazy. And I'm sorry that was your experience because I think it's especially for like as students of color who grew up in predominantly white districts, it feels like a lot like our experiences have been passed over. And even when you go to the school board and like, say to those people hey look like I had these things happen to me like racism exists and you guys aren't doing anything to combat it they'll be like oh haha that's so funny like people can change and I I think that's just like a a lack of like it just reflects how poorly I think a lot of the the school board members really really care about their students because it just they don't exactly so anyways, now we've shared a lot about our personal experiences and we, um, especially with my last point about the lack of compassion culture with our school board, I think it's time to talk about the people who are actually running um, for school board in the upcoming elections this year. So let's just cover a little bit about who the candidates are that are running this year. Yeah, sure. Um, really quickly, I just want to thank you guys for sharing your experiences Um all of them are really, really important. And it's important that we talk about this as a community in our district because things really need to change. But going back to what Sarah said, talking about the candidates, 2023 is a municipal election year and arguably school board races are some of the most important races, especially for districts that are rampant with homophobia, sexism, racism, like CV and CR. Exactly. And we just wanna make sure you all know to register to vote and know where your polling place is. And for reference, um, CR Tracy, also I'm going to preface this by saying I apologize if I pronounce anybody's name wrong, Tracy Oseki and Natalia Kavula are running in Region 1, sorry, Ed Tate and Jonathan Siemens are running in Region 2, Joseph Hidalgo and Matthew Lasowski are running in Region 4, Ann Horner and Camille Winnick are running in Region 7, Stefan Naumas and Nicole Kahn are running in Region 9, and President Ed Salomon, who has been president for five years and doing an interesting job at it. Um, it's running for re-election. And I know we spoke about funding earlier. And I just want to include a quote from Ed about it. He said, it's end quote, it's time for a full curriculum review and to conduct an in-depth analysis of how we can find some efficiencies within the budget with, without affecting the quality of education. We have to be careful of taxing your Act 1 index. This would directly affect the larger percentage of our taxpayers, those taxpayers without kids in our schools, end quote. His priorities have always looked off to me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have the best knowledge of what's happening in Council Rock, but I can say at least in CB with all the scandals going on, like, for instance, a year or two ago, they hired this massive PR firm, and I think they were paying them like 180000 like, Alexander, was it like a month? <laughs> or- yeah, it was something crazy like that. I think they racked up a bill of like, almost like a million dollars, like it was bad. Yeah, basically, like, they were just trying to cover up all of their homophobia, and they were using taxpayer money for that, obviously, and I I just feel like that represents that sometimes the school board only has themselves in mind and not the best interest of the taxpayers or the students at all. 
obviously, like you said um, in the quote, taxpayer money should be going to the quality of education. Like we need to preserve that quality of education. But with any change in the budget, that should be reflected transparently so that people understand where their money is going. I completely agree. Going back to um, CB, let's talk a little bit about the candidates running in the district. So there's an incredible nonprofit group called Neighbors United, or NU, who is running a slate of five incredible candidates. These include Karen Smith. She's running for re-election. And outside of that, Dana Foley, Rick Herring, Susan Gibson, and Heather Reynolds. These candidates have been working for months to share their vision of empathy and compassion with the district. And we're really excited as a podcast to uplift and endorse them in this episode. Now we have the pleasure of interviewing Kunal Ati, an organizer with Bucks United, who's here to share his story and why the Central Bucks races matter so much. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what drew you to working in politics in Bucks County? Yeah. Um, thank you, uh, Sarah and Mallory, for having me. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I grew up in Montgomery County. So I grew up right across the county border, um, went to North Penn School District. So uh, I'm sure you both have friends who who went there. And then when I was when I was growing up, I had uh, uh, my parents came from a low income background. And, and so um, that's the perspective I, I had growing up. Um, and I had a neighbor. I don't really know what what led to this. I think I was 10 years old. I was uh, going home one day, um, and he uh, he as I was like walking uh, up the stairs to 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 my apartment to my parents' apartment, um, he said, "Can all never forget that Democrats look out for people like you and me," um, and that really stuck with me. And so um, I've always wanted to do some kind of public impact work. Um, and while I was at Temple University, uh, I, uh, I I stumbled my way into being a speechwriter. Um, on a Philadelphia mayoral campaign. And I was, uh, after that experience, I was like, wow, that is, this is, this is real cool stuff. You get to know the city in a different kind of way. You get to see, like, I, I remember being with the candidate and just having people come up to him um, and speak about like, this needs to change or, or um, thank you so much for the work you had done. Um, Cause he was a sitting state senator. So he had, he had, um, he had done some work before that. And just like, I saw how you can impact people's lives through this kind of work. Right. And so I came out of college thinking, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, I ended up working for Governor Wolf, and then I moved out to California, worked for a, a couple of uh, members of Congress uh, out there. And then ultimately, uh, the last couple of jobs I've had was I was the Speaker of the House of Virginia's Communications Director when we held the majority there. Um, I got to do things like play a role in passing marijuana legalization, ending the death penalty, just really work that I, I'm really proud of and 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 has a, had has substantive impact on the lives of Virginians. And um, but I'm a Pennsylvanian. And so I'm also a campaign hack. Um, that that's that's what I really love to do. So uh 2021, Bucks County was was um had an election, right? It was it was uh the countywide municipal elections and uh, I was asked to come back to to manage the county coordinated. That was my first management job. So I I went uh, and I did that race, and I thought we we ran a strong operation. We built it. Uh, we built something pretty quickly. Um, we we hit the most doors um, uh, across the state, uh, and we 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 ended up like we ended up running an operation that I'm proud of. But uh, but that was a terrible year for Democrats, and and we ended up falling short, uh, kind of across the board. And and part of that was obviously. Um, losing the Central Buck School District as well. And so after that, I ended up managing Austin Davis's primary campaign for lieutenant governor. Um, that one obviously worked out. I'm very proud of, of the fact that 
that Austin Davis is a lieutenant governor of the state. Um, I think that that being part of that history was was really meaningful to me. And then after that race, I went and ran Matt Cartwright's uh, congressional campaign, his reelection in one of the five districts held by a Democrat that Donald Trump won. And so that one hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, and um, and luckily we came out on the right side of that one too. Um, so after that was done, I I had always. The commissioners had talked to me before about about running their re-election campaign. They've always been very kind to me, but also um, working in Bucks County is like feeling like I'm working at home, right? Um, obviously, Montgomery County is in a pretty good place, and I'm thankful for that. But Bucks County is is uh, is the only uh, Philadelphia Collar County that's trending Republican um, right now. At the pace of voter registration, uh, it would actually be a Republican Collar County, or it'd be a Republican County uh, by the time the 2024 presidential election happens, um, and so. That means a lot to me. I know what the kids in Central Bucks are going through. I know how important this election is to the actual community of, of Bucks County. And so if I if I I thought if I could do anything to change that, I would. Um, and so that's what led me back to Bucks County this year. That's really awesome. And I think that's such a great story. Um, I feel like when you catch like the campaign bug, like it never really leaves you. And we really appreciate all your work, like doing community organizing. Um, it's really fascinating that you've been like working in so many different parts of government and you kind of like went back to your roots. I think that's really inspiring um, and shows that you really do care about your community. Um, the second question we wanted to ask is, um, can you just tell us a little bit about the Neighbors United candidates that are running this year? Um, so Dana Foley, Karen Smith, Rick Herring, Susan Gibson, Heather Reynolds. And we also wanted to ask a few side questions and then I can come back to these because these were all just things that we kind of just thought of. Um, firstly, what's the affiliate or what's like the significance of them running under like the Neighbors United kind of name um, out of these five races? Which one do you think has is going to be the most tight or like have the most impact? And then what are the largest policy differences between these candidates and the other ones that are running? Yeah, um, I am. I am happy to. And and full disclosure, I'm not their not their manager, but obviously Bucks United works very closely with them. And so, but I, I'll I'll tell you what how it looks from our perspective. And so, first and foremost, like I'm sure uh, your listeners know, and if they don't, right, um, Central Bucks is in 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 a difficult spot, right? There is uh, in 2021, it was overtaken by um, essentially a MAGA Republican um, contingent. Right, and uh, they now hold the majority on the Central Buck School District. Uh, that is, um, inc- it's a incredibly unique and recent uh, phenomenon in our politics. Right, before school boards were just like, they were where they were where really active parents uh, 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 put their energies. Right, they would run for school board, um, and uh, essentially it was just we we all know those parents, and and we all know those those families that are just like super engaged and like yeah they should probably be the ones on the school board because like they they're ready to to make that their second full time job. But it was it was kind of a community community service uh, uh, position, right? That that people would pursue in twenty twenty one. We really saw this kind of dark strain of Republican politics um, kind of turn its energies toward taking over school boards. And we saw that first, I think the most the most famous example is is how how the education became a flashpoint in Virginia and um, how the hard right used really coded language to to come up with really, really divisive things, right? Like they they are you'll see the hard right talk about things like about how there's politics infecting our education, right? But in reality, what they mean is um, they don't want kids to know the true history of our country. Uh, and if anything, 
who are the ones in they they are the ones who have brought a a political a political agenda to the the education of our children right they are um just in central buck school district they banned the pride flag um they have in other districts around the county they have uh pushed for the adoption of the vermilion uh curriculum right um which is essentially which is essentially their op their attempt to indoctrinate the next generation of um of Americans with a right-wing ideology through their education, right? There's nothing more insidious than that. So yeah, in 2021, uh, the Virginia, the, the education became a flashpoint, but um, in, in Bucks County, uh, Central Bucks School Board became kind of ground zero um, for this fight here at home. And unfortunately, they ran this campaign and um, this was, and part partly these issues served as energy for their base, which led to a Republican um, wave election in 2021. Um, obviously, in 2022, that did not happen, right? That energy dissipated, uh, and honestly, was met with greater energy on the Democratic side. And there were other things that came into that. Obviously, the Dobbs decision, um, which also led to independence um, skewing Democratic in that election. Um, but now, now we're in 2023. Now, a there's a chance to retake the majority on the Central Buck School Board. And also other school boards, right? There's there's Penn Ridge, and so um, that's where we see each other. To that's where we see see ourselves today. Obviously, you mentioned those five great candidates. There is a real chance to 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 kind of end the madness, uh, and it is truly madness. If anyone wants to tune into a Central Buck School District meeting right now, uh, you would think that you're uh, you're watching the RNC in action. It is uh, it is truly the insertion of right wing politics into the education of our children. And and let's be clear, the people who hold those positions are. Are right wing politicians. That is that is who they are. This, this is this is not a group of that majority is not a group of volunteers interested in the education of the children, right? Um, uh, that are in that school district. They are trying to uh, they're trying to implement a right wing ideology uh, into the education of of the biggest school district in Bucks County. So. Uh, Bucks United, uh, which is the the commissioner's campaign, right, is is working hand in hand with Neighbors United, and I'm really glad that there is an entity like New Neighbors United focused in on this campaign because this is what it's going to take. The Central Bucks School District uh, Republican majority is supported by the big money big money individuals like Paul Martino, um, who have made it their mission in life to overturn school districts or overturn school boards and and implement um, a right wing agenda in those school boards. So the Democratic effort has to be equally as organized and it has to be it has to be professionalized and it has to be a uh, it has to be able to go toe to toe with with the the money that the money and the operation they're going to have on their side and that's where neighbors united came into the fold right that is that is why they exist and so it's an umbrella group that is running the five candidates you mentioned i think all five of those candidates are incredible um all of them bring their own uh interesting perspective but all of them are under the same um kind of banner which is to bring common sense back to the school district to stop <laughs> our school district should not be making news for anything other than educational excellence it should not be making news for uh the type of hate it fosters or the type of chaos that's being engendered um by the people who are on that school board it is really really uh uh heartening right that we have great candidates like rick herring um heather reynolds right those two are are probably in uh, the two most challenging races for taking back the majority. Um, I'm happy to talk about them more in depth, but yeah, that is that is the genesis of Neighbors United, which is essentially creating a professional organization um, to help elevate those those school board candidates. Because in general, in 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 normal times, those would be two thousand dollar elections. They buy some lit and they go knock some doors and they say, "I care about our kids." Right um, now, we have things like a right wing MAGA billionaire 
um, or millionaire, I shouldn't give him too much credit, uh, funding uh, a group of Republican operatives, essentially, um, working to control a school district um, versus uh, versus some some well-meaning parents who are like, this is insane, right? But those well-meaning parents need some backup. And that's what Neighbors United is about. It's about putting putting them on equal footing as kind of the really dark, insidious forces that they're up against. Right. So I'd say, obviously, we all know the drama happening with the school board and the immediate importance of why we need these candidates to win the election. But what are the more long-term, lesser talked about impacts if we continue to have a Republican supermajority on the board? I think the curriculum is everything. Um, and as they change the curriculum, if we lose this election, there will be people who have went through their entire high school career. Um, which is so in, which is so informative to who people become, right? You know this. Both of you have have just left that phase of your life and are going into college. And I'm sure, like many of your listeners, are people who are at least parents of of children who who are going through that phase of life, right? That that is what is at stake in my mind. Is that you will lose a full four years of uh, a child's education, and I really feel for. Um, the kids who are going through high school. So much of your base of knowledge comes from a good education. I benefited from it. I, I know both of you benefited from it. And so that is that is the long-term effect is that if they can fully implement their curriculum changes, that will be, look, there will be another election two years from now, but two years in a child's life, it, 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 the stakes of this election is just completely different. We are truly fighting for the life outlooks of people that that can't even vote themselves, right? Which is the most incredible part of this, right? The people most directly impacted by this are are kids who are trusting adults to be the adults in the room, right? To look out for their best interests. Uh, instead, their their education is being governed by people who, again, want to implement right-wing MAGA policies into a school district. And for what other reason except to inflict control over a community? This is, let, let's be clear, this is about control for them. So I think the stakes could not be greater. I think this is the single most consequential election happening in, in Bucks County this year. And I think sing, one of the single most uh, consequential elections happening in the country. All of us, no matter whether you're directly involved in the campaign or not, right, should be very, very concerned about what's happening in this election and should be doing everything we can to help Neighbors United win. For sure. And I think it, I think it really goes to show like how, I guess, like downhill school boards have gone in the past few years when we're putting so much money and so much time into a race like you said that maybe like six years ago was not very consequential at all um and I completely agree with that um as a student I remember being really frustrated about how little my voice mattered to the people that were making decisions on my behalf and going to school board meetings sometimes it would really only be like me and like four other students there and it felt like whatever we were saying to to the school board members it kind of just like went over their head and it was it was kind of like we were screaming into a void because we would be like, hey, as a student of like this identity, I've experienced this, you need to fix it. And I mean, like that was a problem when I was first going to board meetings like four years ago, but it felt like sometimes the candidates were listening to me. And then when I've gone back and subsequent summers, it, it feels pointless, honestly, like I'm there and I'm talking, but it seems like they aren't really listening. So I think that's a really good point about how how much of an impact there is. They are not listening. The Central Bucks School Board Republican majority wants to bring Ron DeSantis's policies to, to Central Bucks. They want to bring Don't Say Gay to Central Bucks, right? They That is that is the ideology they come from. Moms for Liberty plays an active role uh, in that school board majority and the community that the communities they run with. That is the same group that Ron DeSantis is enabling in, in Florida. Like these are not problems that are just on CNN. These are problems right. that are happening right here um, in, in the backyards of people in Central Bucks and honestly in the backyards of people across Bucks County. And yes, they're not, 
it's not going over their heads. They're they're willfully uh, they're willfully not listening. They don't care because those are not those are not community volunteers sitting on that school board now, right? They those are ideologues uh, looking to uh, inject their politics into whatever they can get their hands on. And right now they have their hands on the Central Buck School Board. Absolutely. And kind of just like speaking on my own experiences, we wanted to ask if you have any words or advice, I guess, to encourage more young people to get involved with this race, especially for the students that can't vote. Um, I think a lot of students are kind of unaware of what's happening on the board most of the time because there isn't really like a transparent mode of communication about what's happening unless you have the time to commit hours on a Tuesday evening to actually go to board meetings. Um, so yeah, what would you say to young people that you think would inspire them to get involved? Yeah, I, I would say that for young people, look, I, th- I think this this is a good, this is a good, uh, not reminder, but rather, I guess, opening moment, the realization that if you, <laughs> your lives are in your hands. And as much as you want to think while you're young that that the adults in the room will will look out for what's in your best interest, as you get older, especially as you get into that age in your high school, the the person best able to look after your interest is yourself. And so I understand that when you're in you're in high school, I was not thinking about who was sitting on my school board. But unfortunately, uh, the kids in that school district need to care and they should care. And while you can't, while most of them can't have their voice heard at the ballot box, there are other things they can do, right? They're the ones living through the experiences um, and the changes that are happening in that school district. Um, I would highly encourage them that the one way that they can get, have their voice heard is go and 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 plug into Neighbors United, help elect a school board um, through the ways you can, right? You can knock doors and talk to voters about what, what you're experiencing and why you want a different school board. Honestly, the school board should be a reflection of what the kids want uh, in the sense that if they think their education is going the wrong way, that should be a big part of the conversation. They are the ones most affected. And so I would I would really encourage Take the couple of hours out of your week. And I know that so many other things are happening in high school, but I cannot, I can't overly express um, how vital this is. Go go out and knock some doors and talk to some voters about how it's really important that they go out and turn on vote so, so that their education uh, is the education that they want, right? It is truly in their hands. And also, it'll be fun. Advocacy is a part of your life, whether you're involved in politics or not. Uh, and I think that I would hope that that the one realization everyone can come to is that politics is going to affect your life, whether you care about it or not. But advocacy does not have to be just in the frame of of Democrat versus Republican, right? There is advocacy for your community. There is advocacy for the the causes you care about, whether they're political or not, right? In 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 um, the traditional sense of the word, right? And learning how to communicate to other people about what you care about and try to spur them into an action about it is one of the most valuable skill sets you will ever acquire. So I would say for the young people that 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 are considering like, what can I do about this? Or I am powerless. You are truly not. There's actually a lot of power you can exercise. And and I guarantee that if you if you take the time out to try to exercise that power, I think you'll enjoy that. Um, and I think it'll teach you something that you'll hold with you for for a long time after that. I completely agree. And as somebody who went to school in Bucks County and is now out of it, and you're seeing everything that's been happening, I guess, over the span of the past couple of years, what does the future of Bucks County politics look like to you? Yeah, yeah. I think the the future of Bucks County politics is ahead of us. It, like it, it is going to be it is going to be reflected in 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 this election. And I think if I can put my my quote unquote nerd hat on here, what what is about to what is about to happen is the way you won Bucks County as a Democrat. And let's be clear, that has been a very difficult thing <laughs> to do as a Democrat, right? It was traditionally 
you boost a turnout in in lower box, right? That is that is where a, a majority of your Democratic voters were, right? And you tried to hold the line in central bucks, and then you would hope to mitigate um, your losses in upper bucks, right? Upper bucks is the most conservative part of the county. Um, Republicans are going to win that part of the county as a as a whole, right? There are community specific communities you can you can you can uh, try to contest and try to win, right? But for the overall, they're going to win the vote share out of out of upper bucks, central bucks again, was more kind of 50-50 battleground area, right? And then and then lower bucks, it was about just turning it out. Democrats Democrats need their margin out of lower bucks. What has happened, especially since Donald Trump was elected, is that you've seen the Democratic advantage in lower bucks get cut into. Um, about one out of four Democrats, uh, especially south of Route 1, so that Bristol Falls, Ben Salem area, actually identify as Trump voters. Even though they're still registered D, they actually vote with Trump. Um, and we know that from the polling that we've done over over honestly the last two elections that I have I have been part of. What is changing though is that Central Bucks is increasingly turning blue. And what I am really hoping for is Central Bucks has gotten a taste for what MAGA uh, politics feels like when it gets control uh, of your of your community. And this election will be won or lost in Central Bucks, and a large part of that will be about about what happens in the school district. And when I mean this election, I mean the countywide election, right, which is the one that I directly impact. What we will see here is whether that kind of that trend toward uh, that trend toward Democratic voting in central bucks is moving fast enough, um, right, to account for kind of the losses we're seeing in lower bucks um, and whether the turnout is big enough, right, to account for um, what, again, has been kind of depleting turnout in lower bucks overall. And what you will could what we could see here is a reconfiguration of how um, countywide politics works in this election. So yeah, no, no pressure to the people who live in in Central Bucks who listen to your your podcast. But uh, but the election is truly in your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was our last pre-written question. But before we close out, is there anything else you'd like to add, or anything we didn't cover that you'd like to to say? Yeah, I um, I just want to say thank you for having me on, and that both of you are the reason why I want to keep doing this work. I think the most frustrating thing I ever hear is that, um, and disheartening thing I ever hear is that, that we don't matter, mm -hmm. that in our democracy, uh, we can't change anything. And my retort to that, and it's actually a really, it, it's something that has always, that has stuck with me since I've heard it. Um, but I believe it's a John Lewis quote, actually, is that we have not earned our cynicism. All the things we hold so dear, whether it's the fact that we have a weekend to literally civil rights, right, was built upon people who looked at hopeless moments, right? Um, and mostly young people who looked at quote unquote hopeless moments and then did something about them. And then they didn't end up being so hopeless, did they? So as long as people like you and the people like your listeners um, exist, that that gives me a lot of motivation to keep doing what I do because there are there are people who have not given into the cynicism who understand that that working towards something can't change something. So honestly, thank you to both of you for, for doing what you do. Thank you. As Kunal shared, this race is such a huge impact on our district and the future of Bucks County. It's critical to get out and vote on November 7th to make sure that all students feel adequately represented and respected in both Central Bucks and Council Rock. The three of us would like to show our gratitude to all the incredible teachers that uplifted us during our time in Central Bucks and Council Rock, as well as the administrators that have consistently stood up for historically resilient communities and encouraged us. We are endlessly appreciative of you. We also want to take a moment to shout out to the shout out to the hard work of local grassroots organizers, including Canal, and everyone that's been hitting the field, knocking doors, making calls to have these wonderful candidates win. Y'all are truly making a difference, and we can't wait to dive more into local elections into our next episode.
Thank you for listening to The Civic Circle, a podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. I've been your co-host, Alexandra, Sarah, and Mallory. The music is bit on it by Silent Partner. For more progressive insight and analysis on Bucks County, Pennsylvania, go to www.buckscountybeacon.com. Don't forget to join us for our next episode on the importance of local and municipal elections in the 2023 cycle and how we're building grassroots power in anticipation of 2024. Follow at Bucks Co. Beacon on Twitter for updates.